Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, Cheeseheads. Welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. Happy New Year to you all. Welcome to 2023. Not the start we wanted, uh, as we lost to a very poor Villa side, which clearly meant that Spurs were even more poor today. It was a difficult one, very difficult one. Lots of unhappy people at the new stadium. Um, And we'll discuss all the main talking points with an unhappy manager as well. Joining me all the way from Brazil. It's Brendan. How are you doing, Bren? Hey, mate. Good. Yeah, uh, nice to speak. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Cheeseheads. Um, shame it hasn't started as we'd wanted. And uh, yeah. I, uh, as I'm three hours behind the UK, I did miss most of that first half. Like so, so go to Paul for the first half stuff. <laughs> I saw I saw Sonny's free kick, which was our only shot on target, which just went straight to the keeper's hands. But yeah. Oh, anyway, let's crack into it. Happy New Year. Um, also joining from South London, Mr. Paul Muir. How you doing, Paul? Yeah, I'm better now that I've had a little walk down the Seven Sisters after that, and then obviously had like half an hour in the tube. Coming back down to Brixton. Um, yeah, good uh, good evening, everybody, and Happy New Year. Uh, let's hope that 2023 gets better. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, it does kind of feel like it's one of those weird situations. Well, we said it a few times last year. I felt we were in a false position. I thought that certain games we'd got away with it, and... Yeah. There was there was this growing discontent, which was sort of rumbling under the surface. And the thing with Spurs is, it doesn't take long for a large section of our fan base to then, you know, <laughs> come out in full effect. We've we've had chance today of of levy out, lots of booze at full time, you know, almost an attempt at booze at half time. Fans are very unhappy, even though you know we're still in the running for the top four. Mm. Um, it's a very confusing time to be a Spurs fan, um, but it does feel like there's a lot of negativity and a lot of unhappiness at the club at the moment. Um, but we'll, we're going to talk about the game first, and then we'll come back to some of the things and yep. Conte's comments post match afterwards. So, as we always do, let's crack into the lineup again. It was just. We looked after the World Cup and those few injuries we had, both the Juve boys out today, Richardson's still not back, Dyer on the bench. It didn't really fill me with confidence. How about you, Paul? No, um, I, I I didn't know about Kukula's got a, a muscle strain, so it's not a reoccurrence of, of what he was out with. He's obviously, mm. he's pushed it a bit much in training and in, he's done himself, which, which is a shame. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 was it, was Dyer injured or was he dropped because of form issues? Does, does anybody know? If he was dropped for form he issues, knows. that's uh, 
that's that, that's a bit of a strong call uh, from Conte. Um, I don't think Dyer deserves to get dropped. He's not been great, but I don't think he deserves to get dropped. I think, especially with his mate Romero back on his right-hand side, it would have been, mm. it felt a bit weird to, to drop Dyer. Um, yeah, and then obviously uh, up front uh, to see uh, a very rare start for Mr. Heel, which uh, which was, um, yeah, which, 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 yeah, the joker in a pack, as, as, as they say. Um, I looked at it and I thought, and you hope that, you know, Son's going to catch fire again, literally, and, you know, and he's, he's going to literally kind of start, like, playing like we know he played. And that was my only hope today because I just didn't think we were... I, I was slightly concerned about this game, I have to admit, before. It felt like it felt like it was going to be a difficult game, and, and it was uh, with hindsight. But, yeah, the, you're hoping that, you know, again, as we've all hoped, that a piece of individual brilliance from Kane or, or Son, you know, will, will, will save us because there was six defenders on the bench. Um, so we couldn't really change much up. Um, if we did go behind, which we did, but the, the the initial lineup was you're hoping for somebody to pull something worldly out the bag. Yeah, uh, and that's it, Bren. Not much options on the bench with both your Brazilian mates out injured at the moment as well. Yeah, like you said, I mean, and Paul summed it up quite well there. Hope, like our play is quite hopeful. I don't really see a plan, and obviously going on a, off on a tangent there, but. Yeah, it was it was limited. Kulusevski was the clear sort of big miss there. I think the long lay Romero and Davies defence look going against Aston Villa. You'd think that that that's a capable enough back three. Um, yeah. So the big big loss was was Kulusevski, and after he's had what a month and a half to get ready because he wasn't at the World Cup, um, <laughs> it, it was a big big miss. Um, but again, like and obviously Bentancur isn't there. And as you said, the two Brazilians. So yeah, we have injuries, but that's part and parcel of the game. The, the team that was out there, man for man, I still think was far superior to Aston Villa. And we, and the, the, but the application just, just, just wasn't there. So yeah, the, the injuries uh, were, a, were a problem, but, but we can't use that as an excuse. No, not so. When you look at that Villa team and they had um, McGinn and they had uh Wendia both playing out of position, playing out wide. Mm. They, they both normally prefer to play central. So <laughs> they're playing players out of position. Didn't seem to affect them one bit today. Wendia gets the goal. And, and I think the assists as well was from McGinn, wasn't it, for the second goal? So like they're playing these players out of position. Didn't seem to affect them. It's just frustrating that we, we have one or two players out. Admittedly, that you know, Kulu and Bentacore have been absolute revelations. They are now key parts of our team. You know, the, the hope that Sun is going to be anywhere near the form he was at last year just seems to be a complete lost cause at the moment. He's just doing nothing. The best, the be- the best thing Son did in the first half was rip his face mask off after eighteen minutes. That's the best thing he did. Oh yes, that was the reason he lost the ball, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. It's like, like it was the Scooby Doo villain. I love that. He like, ripped it off and it's oh, it's Sonny's. Right, kids. <laughs> it was a very Scooby Doo moment. Yeah, it was a bit odd. But it was almost like, yeah, I just lost the ball. And the reason for that is so I couldn't see what I was doing. I was like, yeah, you remember when Kane had that mask and he was still banging in goals? We're not having that excuse. Um, but that first half, Paul, I thought was pretty boring, if I'm honest. Like, very few shots, very few shots on target, like Bren said. We didn't get any until right close to the end. I'm pretty sure Kane's chance would have counted as a shot on target, that header mm. from... That was the f- the first nice bit of play the entire game. The first time we managed to get beyond their defence in any meaningful way. You know, the, the ball through to Perisic, he kind of chipped it across seeing Kane. Kane got his header on, but it was it was only a half chance. Yeah. And we really struggled uh, that first half to create anything, didn't it we? It was really, 
really low key that first half. It was like, was it you that said that you had a big can of Red Bull before the game and you would have, you would have fallen asleep <laughs> in the first half? I was hyped. That's the thing. I got it. I was wired <laughs> and I was well up for it. Everyone else was well subdued, having probably had very little sleep. Yeah. And it was just, it, it, it's a typical, typical like first day of this uh, first day of the year football match where the crowd was subdued and the performance was as well, wasn't it? It was. It was. It just. It just. We. It. Look, we looked like we were really, really kind of timid, and we were very, very scared about conceding. That's mm. what it felt like to me. Uh, crowd was very quiet. New Year's Day, not a lot to shout about as well. And you know, Villa fans, they, they, you know, they came in good voice, and they had some, they, you know, they had some good songs, and they were vo- loud and vocal. But yeah, apart from the Kane, I think also Perisic might have got himself. Uh, a good chance. Did he, was that the second half? I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. I think yeah, Paris had a good. Was that the second half? Excuse me. But yeah, that mm. Kane header was was the highlight, really. To be honest, we just you know we we, we had we had you know decent possession, but you know in in non threatening areas, it was it was very yeah. very timid, and it was also you know like very very careful. Like let's not let's not concede. Let's not concede. That, that's what it felt like to me in the ground. Yeah, it was really boring. In fact, it was a good half of football to miss, Brent, so you'd be, you'd be fortunate. You said you watched the highlights. I'd be interested to see what they were. You're right, yeah. It's, it's, I just literally watched them quite recently. So it then jumps to minute 42. So there was like half an hour of literally nothing happening. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't much going on in that half, it must be said. Just just generally disappointing. And like I said, there was an attempt at sort of booze at halftime, even though like it was a boring performance. There wasn't really much to moan about. And we didn't like Villa didn't threat either. Uh, that's the thing is that there was there was very little threat coming from Villa uh, on the counter. You could obviously see what they what they'd set up to do today, couldn't you, Paul? Yeah, they were waiting. They they, they would absorb. They'd bring um, uh, their wide field uh, McGinn and Bundy in really really narrow, and Bailey would would probably pop into like a ten position, and then mm. once they got the ball, they'd spring and Watkins, who's had a pretty poor season. Yeah. Uh, speaking to like a few Villa fans um, uh, during the week, and uh, yeah, obviously he. Yeah, he, he he had a good chance. I think he sprung the offside trap. I think Longley played him on side, and he had a good chance. The first half he cut, yeah, dragged across it, didn't he? But yeah, yeah, they were absorb, 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 and then and then basically uh, try and hit us quickly uh, with something, or get all our centre backs booked in the first half, which <laughs> the re- the re- the ref seemed to do, and hopefully we might go down to ten men, um, which seemed to be a tactic in the first half as well. I thought the ref was poor today. I thought he was. Um, I just didn't think he was uh, he was very wise to what was going on with some of the no. players going down and stuff. We didn't help it because you know we went down very very easy and a, a few a few chances, sorry, a few plays of our own. But I thought the ref with giving out cars was was it sounds it sounds like it truly sour grapes, but it's not. It's just I thought he was very uneven in the first half, which didn't help. No, absolutely. I think every time Villa we tried to put a challenge on, and then they went down. The ref just gave it. He was happy to. And we had a few where we went down, and he, and he just didn't wasn't interested. Uh, like you say, they they might have made a meal out of it. I didn't have a perfect view of all of them, but to get yellow cards for all of our three centre backs was 28, 31, 37 minutes. Thirty seven minutes. Yeah. I don't even. It's, it's difficult to see. Like maybe we'll see it in super slow mo HD. You might see that there was con, you know, there was contact, but the Romero one looked to me like it looked like a worse challenge than it actually was. You know what I mean? Like he's clearly gone in there aggressively, but. I didn't think that was a yellow. Sorry to jump in. He was very lucky to stay on the pitch with the, the yeah, he was. He one. was. So, like, we, we can have a go at the ref, but like, how Romero didn't get a second booking for clattering into Coutinho, 
uh, that mm. was that was the second year. Games like today where we're two nil down, everyone's frustrated. I was just looking at Romero going, he's going to want to go and smash somebody at some point, <laughs> <laughs> and he's already on a yellow. Just don't do it. And yeah, that would have probably pissed everybody off the amount of time he's he's spent off the pitch with injuries. If he then goes and gets himself red carded, I didn't think he was too bad today. I thought he was all right. I thought Romero, yeah. he was he was a great he was aggressive. Um, he led the charge as well. At some points as well, he was like. Um, in front of um, he's in front of like Doherty at some points and it's, and and when we were chasing the game one 0 down he was the one like bursting through to try and actually like you know um, to um, pressure their goalie and pressure their centre back with a ball and stuff and mm-hmm. I thought I thought he was all right I thought he was it, yeah I'm not his biggest fan right now um, for the obvious reasons but I think he I th- to be to be fair I thought he was very good I thought he was one of our better players today Romero. Yeah, it was it was good to have him back, and like you say, maybe him with with Dyer next to him. I didn't think any of the defenders too much wrong, but we no, still had I... these moments of lapses of concentration or whatever. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I kind of fault Romero a little bit in the first goal. I don't know what you thought, Bren, because the shot comes in, Hugo spills it, which is obviously disappointing. But there's zero reaction from Romero to start with. Uh, it just gave them the opportunity to to be the first of the ball and then to to put that pass across and when they slotted it in. Yeah, there was two opportunities, I think, to, to clear the ball. Right? But obviously, like, Hugo spills it, so the key mistake is on him. But we we do have defenders around there, and there was there was a bit... Normally, like, when the, when the attacking player follows up, they'll shoot straight away, but that didn't happen. So they still had mm-hmm. time to, to challenge. And so, yeah, I... I with that second opportunity, when when the goal went in, that 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 was an opportunity to to clear it. So I would blame Romero there, but that was on Hugo. That like just it, it was hit with with speed. I think it was uh, Douglas Louise that took the shot. It was a good shot, good good hit. But again, if you're gonna you, you're gonna make your mind up as a goalkeeper, do I absorb the the, the hit and, and try and catch it, or do I try and deflect it away? Hugo kind of did both. And he just mm-hmm. it was caught between two minds and how to gather and how to defend the shot and oh, just again and we've had this before with Hugo at the the North London derby he spilled it there and that led to Gabriel Jesus's goal right at the start of the second half which just killed the game against Newcastle I think he was at fault as well so of we've had five mistakes uh, that have led to goals three of which have been on Hugo so he oh. um we thought they'd come back from the World Cup uh, sort of feeling a, a bit more confident got to the final again didn't win but but had a decent World Cup I thought but yeah just the same old who you guys back it's that thing isn't it where you're right if he if he knocks it out a little bit and our defenders react and they, they declare it then nobody thinks twice about it but you know the fact that the defenders didn't really react I think Perisic was the only one that, that did anything I think long leg went in there with Watkins didn't it off the, off the rebound I think long leg is tracking Watkins quite well but he gets mm. out muscled uh, Watkins leans on him with his right shoulder and therefore um, I think long leg doesn't get a good enough contact to knock it out and then yeah maybe if Dyer was there Dyer doesn't get oh, that's, that, that's very unfair on long leg I'm not going to say that um, yeah but I mean you're absolutely right I mean you, you have Plenty, of, yeah, two decent chances to clear the ball, um, and uh, we didn't do it. Yeah, but Bren is right, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Hugo supporter, but yeah, he's been that that was down to him today. That first one, you, 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 there's, 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 he, as Bren said, he's, you either parry it out out of danger area or you you catch it, and he did neither, and he did the worst possible thing. He put it straight back into Ollie Watkins's path. It's yeah. a shame. Yeah. No, it was. It was a. It was a big shame. And I think the frustrating thing about that was the the lack of reaction. Yeah, you know, we've all said that we we don't seem to start playing until we've conceded, but we didn't start playing at all today. It felt like um, there was twenty three minutes in between 
their first and second goal, and I can't remember any opportunities in between. Body language um, is awful, Franco. We we said oh, that sitting around yeah. sitting around by us, Celia next to me, Chris Langham next to Celia, and a couple of guys from Ian in front of me as well. We were just saying. I mean, I'm I'm a I I, I tend to look for this in people when it goes a little bit against them, see how they react, and. Everybody's head went down. Even Hoiberg, uh, who you kind of like, is expected to be the kind of like, what should I say? Not a catalyst, but he, he he's like a like, like a thermometer of how the team like will respond. Yeah, he's he's yeah. No one got the ball quickly and got it back. It was like literally everybody was just like down, and it was like even then it was like we 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 aren't going to come back. This is not Brentford. We're not coming back from this at home, and. It, the body language was was awful. Was and after the second goal as well was was atrocious as well. Everybody's, yeah. no one looked like they had any confidence in themselves or the other, uh, like nine outfield players around them. Nothing. It was, there was no response. There was one chance for for Perisic between the goals. Uh, again, it, it was it, it was just a sort of scuffed and he skied it over the bar anyway. But that was the only shot of of note between their two goals. I, I knew in terms of a response. They probably had more threat. That's true. And that was kind of a, a ball lofted across, wasn't it? And it kind of fell nicely for him. Didn't quite have a chance to get the connection he probably wanted and had to snatch at it and lean him back. It was a difficult one, but frustrating that he didn't maybe try and get it on target or he didn't get it on He obviously tried, <laughs> but didn't yeah. get it on target. That was, that was disappointing because that was a chance to sort of get back into it. Things might have been different. But apart from that, it's just in general, like... You've got to give Villa a bit of credit, I suppose, because there's always two teams in the football match and they, mm. they stopped us getting behind them. We really struggled to do that. And yeah, the, the, the players just didn't have it in them to create the opportunities today. And it was so flat, so poor. Then you look at their goal. I think some plays are passed to Kane. Kane gets dispossessed very quickly. It's into McGinn. He plays a really nice ball to, to Louise, the sort of ball that we were trying to play quite often throughout this game we've <laughs> and, and, and fucked it up but it played a nice ball into him and a really quick finish wasn't it Paul? So Kane takes a ball like that nine times out of ten he'll turn onto his right foot and, and he'll play a ball out to right hand side I think it's I, I think it's actually Kamara who nicks it off him and then mm. uh, Louise and then Louise uh, plays the ball and then all Louise does is carry on running straight through it and he gets the ball back and mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, you can see it unfolding in, in the ground. You can see it's like, you know, he's making that third man run. Ollie Watkins is pulled out wide, to, well, pulled wide-ish to create space in the middle. Longley's tracked him and Luis just ran through the middle and it's it's a nice ball in from McGinn. You know, McGinn is, he's, a, he's you know, he's not elite, elite, but he knows what he's doing and, and yeah. it's a nice ball in and, and you know, it was, it, was, it was a really tidy finish to be honest, like one touch and was in. It was like, but you could see, like, no, I think yeah, I think it was Basuma just let Louise just run past him and it was just like, you could see that unfolding. I could see it. It was just like, lads, that's under 12s and, um, <laughs> yeah, that was, a, and that's when, yeah, that's when it got a bit toxic in the stadium. Well, certainly in my area, it got very toxic, but, um, yeah, Kane getting dispossessed and then they shifted the ball really quickly, as you say. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, Kane doesn't lose that ball because he's so good at turning and opening the play out. But it just happens to be the one time out of ten that he loses it and, and they score. But very disappointing that the, the run wasn't tracked. Very disappointing. Also, there was there was very little pressure on McGinn for the pass. I, I just, just watched it back. Like, like I think it's Romero who just sort of stands there with his hands behind his back to not handball but he's not in the area so it's, it's like go and yeah. be more aggressive don't let him pick that pass it was a good pass by again and to track the run but it just yeah it, like, at the ground as you said you probably saw it happening but 
there were so many errors there from various players. Um, it's, it's disappointing, really, is because we valued Conte on his defensive football and the, and the mm. fact that he mm. like last season he did shore up the defense. And we're like, well, at least we've got that, and we've got players up top that can turn on some magic. But the errors, the, the, the mistakes, just the basics, like you said, it's just not being done. It's it's disappointing. The thing is, under Conte, now we seem to have had like three different eras. <laughs> the end of last season, we were playing good football, we were scoring goals, we looked you know, free-flowing football at times, and it was really impressive. The start of the season, it wasn't great, but we were difficult to break down, we were difficult to score goals against. And now, like I know you've posted this in, in the run sheet, Bren, where Spurs have un, uh, set an unwanted club record of conceding at least two goals in seven successive Premier League fixtures. So now we're not even defensively solid, we're actually conceding a large amount of goals and having to get back into games because we're always conceding first. It's the thing that frustrates me with this simple like argument of the the chairman. It's always the chairman, the owner's fault. But and I'm not. I don't really want to get into this too much today. I want to talk more about Conte today. But <laughs> it's just frustrating for me that you can see under Conte that we've there's times when we've played good football, same team, played good football, and then that same team. We're now playing worse. It's just it, there's been a degradation of our form over the last twelve months, and um, it's really difficult to see because it's it's that thing, isn't it? When you're in when you're a higher position, things look good, and you're slowly getting worse and worse and worse. It feels awful. Uh, you know, we're still in with the top four or five, but I think at the minute fans just don't think we're going to maintain that. And I've been concerned about that for a while. I thought we're in a false position, and I think if we keep playing like this, teams like Villa will get results against us. Um, let's just quickly talk about the the subs today as well, and some of the players that we saw. So the first sub was Cess for Brian Hill. What did you think about that ball? I thought Hill had the sort of game I expected. Ran around a lot, lost the ball a few times, didn't really have much of an impact. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it, for him to come in um, uh, to like be uh, right hand side, um, wide wide right. Um, I agree. I thought he yeah he he tried to make things happen. He mm. he did he did make some runs. He wasn't picked up because the ball you know it was he was cut. He was um, sorry. He's bending his runs quite nicely. I think it was Dinia he was up against, and um, he was it, it, he had the beating of him and stuff. But yeah, it's just he's a winger. And we don't play all wingers, so he's mm. a bit of a square. He's a bit of a square peg in a round hole. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't that surprised to see him be hooked, and uh, you know, and for uh, for Cess to come on, and Cess was poor. Cess froze again. Cess didn't do anything. It was, it's a no, shame for Cess today. He did nothing. I think he at froze. least Brian Hill, yeah, Brian Hill had one nice little bit of play with with Doherty, uh, just mm-hmm. inside the box, like a little bit of footwork and, and passed mm-hmm. the ball off, and then he put in a decent sort of curved ball. From the right hand side, that it felt mm-hmm. like Hoybier could have got on the end of. I have to see that again. Oh, that's the one he bowled with a keeper. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He cut back inside yeah. his left peg and he curled it across, kind of Kulo like. And then I think Hoybier could have got on into it, but he saw uh, Olsen, who's a bit of a unit, six foot six. Um, <laughs> I, I reckon if I saw him coming towards me, I might have second <laughs> thoughts. Um, as someone who doesn't mind a challenge, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, he, he did that. That was a nice ball in um, in the first yeah. half. Just a few moments. I was a little bit disappointed he was hooked. I think Conte said post-match that he's young and needs to bulk up, something like that. Okay, <laughs> I'll give give me six months with him and I'll bulk him up. <laughs> yeah, make him a bit top-heavy, I'm sure. Um, then what other subs? Bissouma. What do you think about his game today, Bren, and, and the sort of little cameo from Saar? 
I thought Basuma was was okay. Like uh, to, to be honest, like because uh, Villa sat back, uh, they they weren't mm. they weren't pressing as high, so we saw quite a lot of Basuma on the ball, and he was sort of spraying it about. Okay, there was as we said, his error not not tracking the run for the second mm. goal. Um, but I saw a lot of uh, people on social media going after him. I, I thought I thought he was okay. Like he's, there's a decent player mm. there. We we know we've seen it for for a couple of seasons now at Brighton. So and for Saar. Um, Again, I didn't see much of it. I just remember seeing him jumping a bit when we had to defend the corner. So I didn't see a huge amount of him, uh, of, of a positive impact when he came on. Um, but Basuma was okay. But the thing is, he knows that when Bentenko's fit, that he's back to the bench. So um, mm. it, it's it's a tough one. But I, I thought Basuma was, was okay. I don't think he, he put too, too many passes wrong. No, I think with him, he, was, he just played very functionally. You're right. And the, the big difference with the Spurs teams over the years and what we've got at the moment is that we had Modric for a couple of seasons and then we had Ericsson come in and they were both the sort of player that wanted the ball and could do stuff. And, you know, with Ericsson, his passing probably wasn't as good as Modric, but he could either unlock a defence or he had a decent shot from the edge of the box. And with the midfielders we've got at the moment, we don't really have that. And Basuma, it doesn't seem like he's got that at all. A few times today, he showed that he could just quickly turn and, and break through that midfield, but he just didn't do it often enough. Why have we bought Basuma if we don't play to his strengths? Yeah. What, what do you well. think about that? What do you think about that? I, I think that he probably thinks that he, he can play that way quite well. You can see that he is a functional midfielder. He's pretty good on the ball. He's quite strong. He can he can tackle a player and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think he's happy with his midfielders doing that. But we're just crying out for some creativity in there. Just like on that creativity, just looking at the Man United team, for example, I know we can't really compare budgets, mm. etc. But their last game on, on the starting lineup, they had Ericsson, Rashford, Fernandez, Anthony, mm. and Martial. Only Casemiro is a defensive minded non-defender like midfield so uh, you look at the creativity there and I think modern footballers these days that the, the even the creative ones they know how to press they know how to, yeah. to put a shift in so I think we can we, we do have a lack and I, I I'm, I'm in agreement with Conte there that we don't really have creative players in midfield but then that's not his game you know his game is uh to, to have four in the four in the middle the wing backs have the creativity um but our midfielders don't really, or the midfielders under the Conte system don't have creativity. But just looking at the United team, the, the, the array of creative midfielders and, and players that they've got. It's And all we had was Kane and Son, who haven't been firing for, for a few months now. It's just, yeah, it's disappointing. But today, there were runs being made by uh, Hill, as I just mentioned uh, a yeah. couple of minutes ago there. There were runs being made by Paris as well, like, very good runs where he had like three or four yards head start and he would have been onside. And these are not hard passes for a Clement Longley or even a, even a Basuma or a Hoiberg to make. And they were being turned down. They could see the run. It was on, mm-hmm. it was on their favoured foot. The ball, you, you see this stuff in the ground. You might be able to see it on TV, but yeah, that, that space is there. Doty's hit the space, give him the ball. Davis, it's a straight slot slot Brian Hill in, just slot him inside or whoever was in front of Davis and just, mm. just, it, these are easy passes, but no, push his foot on it, comes back inside, comes back inside to Hoiberg or, or Basuma. Basuma will then like turn his back and look across the other side. So there are, there are offensively attacking options which are not that hard to execute and it's, mm. it's not being done by our midfield. Let, let's, let's just, have that out there straight away. It's like there are passes on for some of our players, but they turn them down for safer mm-hmm. options. And I yeah. don't know, and I don't know why that is either. 
Well, that's it. I do wonder whether it's it's the coaching or uh, true. I don't true. know what it is. True. Simon Lafort made an interesting point. One of our patrons on the Patreon chat today, he just said that the brand of football we're playing is awful, but also like some of the technical stuff that's going on on the pitch. That's down to the players, and I agree with that. I just think there's times when you, like you say, there's a ball there to be played, and they either can't execute it or they don't want to. I think it's a latter. I, th- I think if you're a professional footballer, you can play a 25-yard ball like at an angle. These are not straight balls that are coming from the middle of the pitch and you've got to hit Kane on a sixpence. These are the, these, these are balls that you can knock into space for wide mm. players who can run onto. You know, and it's 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 not being done for whatever reason. So I don't, I, I, I think that it's, it, it could be a tactics thing or they just feel inhibited that they don't want to, do, they've, they've been told not to, do it. it's just like, yeah, play, keep it low risk and it's costing us. Yeah, agreed. I was pretty disappointed that Royal got booed when he came on. <laughs> just, oh, don't, just think, don't, it winds what, me up. It just, like, no. What are you expecting that to achieve? I, I, I guess you're telling, you're trying to tell the manager you don't want to see him come on. Um, but, it's not going to do much. And I thought he came on and was quite lively. He's obviously not brilliant, Emerson Royal, but I thought he came on and was, was perfectly capable. And then conversely, Spence gets like rapturous applause. Um, yeah. Again, that's probably a message again to the manager, isn't it, Brent? Yeah, Spence clearly isn't. And I think that's one of the things that, that bugs Conte when, in his interview with Jamie Weir is saying about the club vision when buying players is to buy young. So he really didn't mm. want Spence. And so I think that, that, that there's a lot of that there as well. So, But um, yeah, booing Emerson. I mean, uh, he, he, he ain't great, but no one who is at the moment. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's been, um, it's, it is quite toxic. And, and, uh, and no one wants to see, to, boo, to, to see their own players booed. It's, it's silly, but it's, it's, a, it's an example of, of modern day football fans. You know, everyone... I am here to be entertained, and no, I'm, I want to show my my disappointment at this mm. substitution. Um, but Spence, yeah, Spence was Spence was live. I saw him had a little link up uh, with well, was it even Emerson? I think yeah, yeah him and Emerson had a, a link up uh, down down one side. Um, but yeah, again, it was he came on with what six minutes, yeah. he, so not really a show. He of played fame. wide right. He played him right. He played him right forward with Emerson behind yeah. him as well. That's obviously not his game. It's difficult for. You know the prem, sorry, the championship player of the season last season, and England's under twenty one uh, wing back to play wide right when you're two 0 down. And what the fuck does Conte expect from from mm-hmm. these guys with two or three minutes? I don't get it. And probably come on to this in a couple of minutes about Conte and his presser. But yeah, the subs, um, yeah, just a little bit. Mind you, when Emerson did come on, he did absolutely clatter Dinia, which was beautiful to see because <laughs> Dinia has gone in the top five punchable faces. Patreon knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, We yeah. should probably publish this top five, Agreed. shouldn't we? Because It, does it changes from a day to day. It depends how I feel because I'm such a moody bastard when it comes to Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm Ashley like, Young, surely he's up there, no? I hate oh, Ashley. yeah, oh, Ashley Young takes his top off and flexes in front of the away fans after scoring. Get lost, Ashley. Fuck off. Just go away. <laughs> Yeah, he's irritating. Right, let's move on to it then. Conte's comments. Uh, th- there's lots to unpack. We did an interview with a with friend of the pod, Jamie Weir, this week, which uh, the uh, Enoch Out crowd latched onto with, with great joy. Again, it's another manager coming in and basically, I guess his comments were kind of about the ambition of the club and saying, where do you want to finish? Because if we're not going to spend loads of money on players, I can't win you something, which I don't like that attitude. But it, it really does play into that section of the fan base, doesn't it, Bryn? 
Yeah, he's clearly doing it for for the fans to to, to play. And and Jose, I think, did similar. You know, it's it's more he's talking about what he doesn't have and not about what he does have. He has players in front of him that he needs to train and make better, like get a, mm. better, better than, than the sum of their parts. Like Eddie Howe's done with Almiron, with Joe Linton, with uh, so like Longstaff, fucking Sean Longstaff's a decent player. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like managers that come in, they should make the players that are there better. Sure, obviously, yeah. yeah, we need to refresh the squad. We need players coming in. But for him to just talk about players that he wants to come in is oh the club's vision is one way and when I signed the contract I was aware that this was the club's vision so essentially he's saying in that that weird interview with Sky Sports I didn't want to sign that contract that was what he's saying he's saying between the lines there and and then he's saying oh in six months we'll talk and again between the lines that's like in six months I'm not going to be here so he's yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't like his his interviews again I think he got done last season and we did an interview with it's Sky Italy and the club banned yeah. him from talking to Sky Italy as a result I, I'm not a fan you know what I mean like his whole posture posturing of being bigger than the club like get in the bin fuck if you're bigger than the club play some fucking decent football do you know what I mean like I I, I can accept yeah. arrogance if there's product on the pitch to justify it, and there isn't so I sit next to um Danny, who I've sat next to you for years, his nephew now sits next to me, Adam, who's he's in his early 20s, goes home and away. He's a big Spurs fan. He's, he's well up for it. But he said today that he's worried, gets worried every game that Conte is going to leave. And I just said, why? Yeah. What, do you, what, what about this team at the moment is making you think if Conte leaves, everything's going to go wrong? Because I, I look at the players on the pitch, like people will say that they're utter dross, but... We lost the day to a Villa team who are nowhere near, their squad is nowhere near as good as ours. They haven't got any quality players really on that pitch. And I just wonder what Conte is doing to earn his £15 million a year, apart from having extremely bad demeanour when it comes to post-match interviews. He's just such a miserable guy. Do you know what I mean? And the weird thing is, is that you kind of get all this posturing about the squad isn't good enough, we need top quality players, we need this, we need that. Then he kind of talks about, right, if you're going to have young players, then the fans need to have patience. So he's basically just saying, look, I'm not going to win anything if you expect me to develop young players. (laughs) And then... The, the thing I found most bizarre was he started off his press conference today saying that he was happy with the first half performance. Like literally, good performance, right commitment, right intensity, right desire to get three points, desire to press and to run. Uh, and then he just says football is a bit strange because we dominated the game, but we didn't create any chances. I know it's his second language, but like, what are you actually saying there? Like, we dominated the game, but for some reason we didn't create chances. What are you doing on this training pitch? Like, we just don't look like a team that's being coached in a certain way to to create chances. And I just feel like going forward, it all just seems a bit hit and miss. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. 
Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. No, no, I agree. And, and I can't, can't echo uh, more positively what Brendan and yourself have said there. It's, I know that we don't have, you know, decent wingbacks. Well, I, I think we do have a decent wingback in Jed Spence, but he won't play him for reasons that we've got into. Mm. Um, I get the kind of, if you, I get the argument that if you bring a, a manager of Conte in, that you have to back him. All right, and he has been back to a certain extent. He must know that he has to work within the budget, and there's no point in, in moaning and whining publicly that that budget is not what you that, that what you want. That's going that's going to get you nowhere. All that's going to do is is, is create division and mm. a little bit of toxicity and 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 a lot of dyna- a lot of bad dynamic between you, the board, you and the players, and and, and certain players. Against the backdrop of that, he hasn't signed a contract. So I'm sitting in the dressing room and I'm thinking, this manager might not be here in, might not be here in four weeks, then might six months. So mm-hmm. where does that leave me? And, and we know some of these players have got previous managers to sack. We know that, 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 that is a fact. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think Conte is, I think he's playing a bit of a dangerous game, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about this earlier, uh, before we came on here, didn't we, Franco, about is he that bothered? I, I, I don't think... You know he's very he's very handsomely paid. I get that, but I I get the feeling he could walk away and and not and not feel any any the worse uh, for for leaving us. It's like you know we need him a lot more than he needs us. But you're right when you look at the football and on what we've been seeing for the past four or five months, it's kind of like are you worth the hassle, mate? To be honest, and I can get where some fans are coming from. I'm certainly not Enoch out. And I'm not always Enoch in. It's a bit more kind of like, it's a bit more kind of cultured than that. But it's, he, he, he hasn't made any of these players better. Maybe, maybe people like Doherty when he, before he got clattered last season, maybe a, f- a few other players and stuff. But mm. as, as, as Brent said, coach to play, you know, make the ingredients you've got into a better dish. And, He's not doing that. He isn't doing it. No. One thing also he said as well, like he said, oh, it's crazy that Tottenham were considered title contenders in the summer. He said to be title contenders, you need a solid foundation, 14 to 15 strong quality players. So what does that say to the squad? That says basically you guys are shit. And so why would they, why would they play for him? Why would they put the effort in knowing that he thinks that they're shit and he's moaning that he's not getting more players coming in. He's had eight players. He's had two windows. Mm. We've had eight players. Six in the summer, two ju- and Kulisewski and uh, Bentancur in January. He's had eight players. So we are investing. But it may not be to the level that he wants. But still, like, why doesn't he just say, oh, we've got a great bunch of players, got real quality, always looking to improve. Like, a bit bit like Harry used to. Like, I miss Harry Redknapp's uh, press conferences because he was positive. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. Conte is the, the stark opposite. Uh, anyway, sorry, I'll, I'll calm down. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, we, we we deserve to be passionate about this at the moment. Look, it was a difficult day. There was there was um, chance of leaving out, and I think quite rightly, it's about time that um, if you went on social media, you'd think that every single Spurs fan wanted the the board out and and the owners out, but you never really hear it much on the terrace. So I'm kind of glad that some people are good together. Although you couldn't even hear it in the East End, could you, Paul? So no, it no. Of, it was one of these chants. It was kind of. Uh, didn't really get started and didn't really kind of manifest in something, but you could see that there's a general frustration and it's going to keep growing. And the thing for me, like I said in the last pod, that they if they don't back 
the, the manager, then they're stupid. Because that's the, we knew that if you get Conte in, the same as if you get Jose in, you're going to have to back them with players because everywhere they've been, they've had good players and they've bought better players. Now, you can argue, does that make them a brilliant coach or not? But that's what they're, that's how they operate. They're going to say they need top quality players in order for them to carry out their tactics or whatever. So if you're not going to do that, then the board's stupid because they shouldn't have hired him in the first place if that's not what they want to do. If they want him to develop young players and they want them to do that, then get a, get a coach in who's going to do that. So, yeah, the, the board are completely culpable for that. And for the fans that think the only way to win football matches these days is to buy better players, then, yeah, the board are completely to blame for that because they're obviously not going to do that either. I wouldn't back someone who's not committed. I said this in the last part, Franco. I'm not going to repeat myself, yeah. but it's a difficult situation. I'm, I don't think the, the board... If he says... If he commits himself to another 18 months, two years, then I think he's in a strong position to demand some money. Yeah, well, you could just sign it anyway. Just sign it, and then like you can still leave. You, they're, they're, they're having the contracts or not, you can still leave, and and that's that that in uncertainty, like you said, it creates instability with the squad and players that we may want to bring in may not want to come. Is that like, well, is this manager going to be here in six months or not? Just sign the contract, even if you want to leave. Fuck it, mm. sign the contract and and just just take that elephant out the room or whatever it is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like and and to. to it's it's just really frustrating his 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 attitude and his behaviour. Uh, it, it's not great, and, and yeah, we can't. As I said, and it's good that there they've been pressure. There's pressure on the board. They need to know. They need to do their bit as well. But no, um, Conte, just 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 sign a contract or go. Do you know what I mean? Uh, this this uncertainty that has, has been lingering for six months now. Uh, mm. it, it's it's causing problems on the pitch, and we, we won't be able to bring players in because why would they if if Conte's not here in six months? Yeah. It's another shitty situation that we've managed to get ourselves into. Like I said, Kane's contract, we're looking to do something in the summer. It's like, it all could go wrong. I'm not quite as doom and gloom as some people that say, oh, we could be taking another five years to get back to where we were because like football can seem like that, but it never really plays out like that. I think the only team that's really happened to is Arsenal. <laughs> but this is what I'm about to say today, just chatting to a few people and again, some people that sit around me, um, we were talking in like, you know, a reset. We talk about another reset if Conte does go. And let's face it, if we lose badly away a week and then we get done on the forty, uh, sorry, don't get done on the North London derby, mm. it is going to be. I don't think he's going. I don't think he's only coming back from that. I think you know, mm. especially that game, the Arsenal game. Remember, this problems that we're going through now is all against the backdrop of Arteta and what he's doing at the moment. And Absolutely, it, I think that makes it. I look at the table and I watch. We watched some of the Brighton goals last night. And it's just like, wow, you know, and they had a perfectly good goal chalked off. A lot of lucky things are going right for Arsenal right now. And they are mm-hmm. playing football. But you remember, they had a, you know, they, they had a plan, three, four-year plan. Arteta was giving young players. And believe, he was he must have been close to the sack. And you just and, and, and it reminds me a little bit about Park when he first came and, and, yeah, how he kind of like built and built and built over consecutive seasons. Then all of a sudden, like, it clicked for him. And it... Mm. Our situation at the moment is made very, very bad against the backdrop of what Arteta is doing down the road. And, um, yeah, and when you see everything going right for them as well and they're still beating teams when they're like, when Gabriel Jesus is still out, it's it's difficult. It is difficult at the minute. But, you know, I, 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 I just hope that we don't panic and either, you know, we sack him, which I don't think we will do, or we just, we have another complete restart with like a kind of a clear out and we're like three or four years again trying to build it's just just it's just like it's just an ever like you know defeating circle which i hope we don't mm. do 
that's what I'm trying to get. Be at. an interesting, be an interesting conversation another day whether we should have bought a project long term manager at the end. We've of done that because, before, though, haven't we? We've done that. Yeah, before. but he he talked about the club needs a rebuild, and the problem is is that instead we thought that if we got in one of the most respected and accomplished managers in world football, that that would be an instant, you know, silver bullet. It would, would fix it, and it didn't. You know, it, it kind of did to an extent in that we didn't drop off massively we were still up there competing but mm. we've now had three managers since then and we've two of them are you know elite level of one loads of stuff and and it's just not worked for spurs and i do wonder whether the fans would have accepted that they would if they would accepted sort of an arteta get him in like you say get some bring some youngsters through and kind of hope that in a few years time we, we crack on but yeah, the, the Arsenal situation is unprecedented because you would, nobody would look to that team last year and thought, right, they'll be they'll be up there challenging for top no. spot next year. They just didn't. The same way nobody thought West Ham were going to be in a relegation fight. These these things happen. I mean, and again, the fact is we're still above Chelsea and we're still above Liverpool. And only this weekend have we gone below Man United. So our fans are absolutely losing their shit and booing at full time. And these other top teams, which you'd expect to be up there, are doing just as bad as us this season. It's mm. strange times. Anyway. I've had enough of the neg. I actually feel a bit better having had a good moan. <laughs> good, good. Because <laughs> I, I was so neg when I got in. My missus was like, should I just leave you alone for a few hours? I was like, yep. Oh, that's that's understanding. Oh, mar- yeah. marriage, bliss. marriage bliss with Franco. Amazing. <laughs> it goes both ways, mate. It goes both ways. Oh. <laughs> anyway, we have got a big week coming up. This is going to be a difficult game midweek against Palace, even yeah. though like... Typically, what is it? They're two games without a shot and target, and now they went and won this weekend, didn't they? So it'd be an interesting one bit of week, won't it? Yeah, it will be. It, w- it will be. Uh, you know, Palace is my local club in inverted commas. Um, I think Vieira's. I don't think Vieira's done a bad job there. To be honest, they've got they've got some like, they've got some decent players. Um, it is. It's it's a big week, as you say. Yeah, I think if we lose against them, we lose maybe two by two or three goals. Then, and then we've got you know obviously. We got an FA Cup game in the in well, our this, next. This is it. Can you imagine the atmosphere next weekend if we go and lose to Palace as well? Uh, yeah, and an early kick, <laughs> an, an early kick off as well. So people are going to be pretty sober as well because early next Saturday. And then uh... if we get if we get knocked out of that, um, you know, and then we've got the North London derby coming straight back after that as well, and a couple of games to get C quite close together. It's a tough January, um, but yeah, let's get part. Take one game at a time. Cliche warning there, guys. Um, I'd be happy to draw away to... I can't believe I'm saying that. No, I I, I don't think we can, though. Honestly, don't. The the thing that's frustrating is the last round of games, all the other teams have have kept up the pace. Arsenal winning games, Man United, like I said, have gone ahead of us. All right, Chelsea dropped points, but... Serge Aurier scored today. Serge Aurier (laughs) scored today. (laughs) He did. Well done, Serge. Agent Serge finally done something good. It's only taken him six years. Um, But it'd be an absolute nightmare if we don't win in midweek. And then... like. Brad, if we go out the FA Cup as well, nobody really believes we're going to do anything in the Champions League. So that's another season effectively trophyless, isn't it, if we don't win next weekend? Yeah, I'm fairly confident at home we should we should beat Portsmouth. But again, touch I mean, how we've been playing, who knows, at least mm. it might be the first game where we don't concede the first goal. That that might, well, that'll be some <laughs> progress. Um, but yeah, yeah, a lot rides on the FA Cup now for us. Uh, top four's looking tougher now with the form of... Man United, Liverpool will kick back on. I think Chelsea will start to click under Potter. So top four is going to be tough. Um, so 
Let's go. Like, like I think Conte's last season at Chelsea, wasn't he finished fifth and won the FA Cup? I'd, do you know what I mean? I'd be happy with that if he stays at the end of the season, gets us the FA Cup for the first time in, what, 31 years, is it? 32, 32 years? Um, yeah. Then, then I'll uh, I'll retract a lot of my ranting about Conte if that happens. But I, I just it's going to go to City, isn't it? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. On that positive note, right? Um, don't forget the YouTube gang will be back uh, tomorrow night on Monday. Yeah. On, the, on Monday night they'll be doing their review of this, and then they'll be doing probably probably something midweek as well. Um, Bren, you're going to do a, a pod midweek this week. Uh, the, the Palace game, yeah, should be. Um, I'm not in my house. I'm in my apartment now, so it's, it's a little more difficult to get a quiet room. One thing, actually, as I am in Brazil, is is a tribute to to Pele. Uh, we did lose the probably the greatest footballer that ever lived. And I think I know if you noticed when uh, Douglas Luiz scored his goal, he went over to to Coutinho, gave him a hug, and pointed to the sky. So obviously. It was annoying that we conceded a goal, but I thought that was a nice touch. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll do the Palace game. Happy to, and uh, fingers crossed we, we get a win. We can't draw. We can't. Draw. We, that is that is must win for Conte. It is must mm. win. All right, Paul. Thanks ever so much as always for joining. Yeah, no problem. Enjoyed it actually. Enjoyed it as you say. It's quite cathartic to sit down and uh, a couple of hours after the game and uh, and talk it through. God knows what it'd been like if we did it straight after. It would have been. Uh, <laughs> People would have turned off at 20, 20 seconds and one twenty minutes. But no, thank you very much for having me on. And uh, yeah, uh, it might be a, it might look be all doom and gloom now, but as always, you know, tomorrow's another day and onwards and forwards. Absolutely, and Bren, uh, thanks ever so much for joining all the way from Brazil. Cheers, pleasure, great, to, great to chat with you guys. It's been a while, so uh, yeah, looking looking forward to. As I said, as Paul says, let's try and keep positive, try and stay optimistic. Um, the hope is all we have as Spurs fans. So let's let's keep it and, and crack on. Even if it does kill you. Yep. Right. Um, like I said, look out for the YouTubes later in the week. Um, please subscribe to your podcast providers if you haven't done so. Check us out on all the social medias. And if you want to join our lovely gang of patrons, then patreon.com forward slash the cheese room podcast. Get involved for just three pounds a month. Right. Until next time, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.